Last week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we talked Poldark Season 5, Episode 3. In that episode, we saw Wheel Plenty collapse. A lot of people were trapped, and it fell to Ned Despard jumping across the chasm with Ross in tow to save these people. True heroes there. Uh, meanwhile, George was losing his mind. He's just been wandering around while his son Valentine has been hanging around Ross. And then on top of that, Marwenna ran into Miss Whitworth and was asking about her kid. So we'll follow up on all those plot lines and more this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. And we're back again. Season 5, Episode 4. Poldark, how you doing, Corey? I'm doing good. I'm tired. How about you, Dave? I think the same. You know, I think we both we both decided to have polar opposite weekends. You went to the heat, and I went to the first mm-hmm. uh, accumulation of snow I've dealt with all year. I had a foot of snow. I was in Vermont. Oof. Did you have to dig your way out at all? No. Well, I was telling, you know, everyone at work was like, oh, it's going to be snowy. I said, this place is like a ski town. They're ready. I asked the concierge at the hotel if anything would be hindered on Saturday. And they mm-hmm. said, absolutely not. We're ready. We ready for there y'all, is what they said. Well, that's nice. I hope you had a good time with that. Oh, yeah. I uh, I had 80 degree heat and a bunch of humidity. That <laughs> made it feel like 85. Uh, but, you know, got through some torrential downpours and was uh, was drinking the rest of the day. So it all worked out. That's Florida for you. Yeah, thirty six hours is all the all the time you need down there. Oh yeah, especially if you're not like resorting it up, just get in, get it yep. done, and leave. Hang with the people you want to see. Don't stick around for the people you don't want to see. Because there's a ton of them down there. No oh, offense if we have any listeners in Florida, but I think you know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, there isn't honestly anything going on with Downton Abbey, Gilded Age, no. or anything at all. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry, fan, fans. If there's or listeners, sorry if I'm even calling you fans. Whoever is listening in, we we just appreciate that you're listening. There's nothing else we can really share right now in Downton Abbey or Gilded Age that we've seen in the news. Really. All right. They 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 started filming on the Crown again a few days ago. When are they not filming the Crown? It seems like. Well, hopefully, when the season's done, they won't be filming again. I think they're just going to keep it rolling. <laughs> they're just going to follow around. Then the Bashir show starts. Or not the Bashir show, the um, Al-Fayed show. Or a Bashir yeah. show. Take, combine them both into the same show. Let's do it. There's controversy to mind there. Why not? Well, speaking of controversy, well, why don't we just dive right into Season 5, Episode 4 of Poldark? Yeah. Where do we even start with this episode? I mean, we start with Wickham and Ross. and mm-hmm. So it's like Ross has gone to London to take a meeting with Wickham. And yep. Wickham's like, hey, dude. You're not giving me any dirt, and he told me you were gonna be give me dirt. And Ross is like, "Ned's a good dude." And then Wickham's like, "All right, get out. I'll catch you later." He's a big fan of Honduras. He just wants to go back to Honduras. No, I'm just hoping that Ross had a lot to do in London because Wickham is like, "Speedy travels back to Cornwall," and it's like, "What?" You're not gonna something like- tells me Ross is racking up his Uber bill. Going back and forth between Cornwall and London. Him and Jeffrey Charles, apparently, because Jeffrey Charles is coming and going with him. 
Yeah, yeah. And Jennifer Hansen. Charles just, you know, maybe that's an Uber share that that they're doing. So mm-hmm. so it kind of splits the cost a little bit, especially with how much they're traveling. Well, I would not want to be. I wouldn't want to be any of these people in this carriage. It's Ned, or not Ned, Ralph Hansen, Cecily mm-hmm. Hansen, Jeffrey Charles and Ross, all in this. And I think this is like multiple days they're in this carriage together. Yeah. It's like, all right. You think maybe they could hash out their issues there? No, it's a lot of stone face staring directly ahead at nothing. <laughs> trying sleeping. to not acknowledge the person who's sitting in front of you. Yep, some sleeping going on. That sounds terrible. Thank God for... for the modern forms of travel. Like imagine you had to go to a, like a funeral or something with your cousin and you hated your cousin and you have to be in there for three days. That's a long time to be stuck with a person I hate. I'll tell you that much, but we've done long car car rides as such. So, you know, we've, we've done that. Not like, not imagine not like the this. worst car ride you ever had times five. Cause at least in today's time, you can just turn up the radio and, and just, tune out whoever uh, is in the car you don't want to hear from Yeah, you can only fake sleep so much and believe you know we've all tried it here and there yeah, yeah. these four so are where all... are we going with this <laughs> we're just gonna talk about the first scene uh yeah yeah where should we go from here is that what's what's well let's talk about the jeffrey charles of it all okay yeah i guess this is we fairly got, simple we got the same nonsense that we saw it's not nonsense but they already use this whole thing, and I get that it's a trope, but he and Cecily go down to the wishing well that mm-hmm. uh, Drake and Morwenna had done long ago when they were professing their love for each other, but, you know, privately making promises or, or making wishes to be with each other. Here they're just making wishes, and it's like, we've seen this. We've seen this. <laughs> well, this whole plot feels um, like we've seen this, doesn't it? Because of... Well, we get it, it takes a couple twists and turns, because we, we soon learn... Well, it, we soon see that it's revealed to Cecily that Hanson's wants to pawn her off in marriage. He wants to see her get betrothed over to George. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we all saw that one coming. Yep. And so she tells uh, George, uh, Jeffrey Charles, like, this is pretty much a done deal. It's going to happen. Mind you, she hasn't really talked to George, <laughs> nor has Hanson really talked to George. So it's not a done deal. But... Might as well be. Mm-hmm. And then Jeffrey Charles like, Dude, but I love you. Yep. <laughs> Which, again, if you've seen any reality show or anything, don't ever profess your love to someone after you've just been rejected. It doesn't work out the way you hope. Well, it's not quite rejection. It's more like, this is the circumstance that has been put upon me. And Jeffrey Charles is like, come on. But then, And I, I do think Cecily's response is a little, obviously it's an emotional response. But she's like, no, <laughs> this is too late for you to well, say this. I th- that's what confused me is like maybe she, I mean she probably was doing it out of defense but when she tells him oh you mistook our friendship for something else I actually bought it <laughs> she really sold that to him like no dude I don't really like you like that when we were in the wishing well I was wishing for spring to come I wasn't wishing for you <laughs> well there's the moment uh, where Cecily there's a kind of wink wink to Jeffrey Charles when they're at um, Ross's house having dinner and and mm-hmm. Demelza brings out cake and she goes hey I got my wish it's cake <laughs> wink wink Jeffrey Charles that's what she was wishing for legit and this is, um, I don't know, I know. She, she gives him a look that's like I wouldn't, I didn't want cake my man she wants something some other kind of cake yeah uh, Jeffrey Charles butt <laughs> that's exactly the cake 
<laughs> I like that also the way they make cake look so appealing here. It's just bricks of cake <laughs> to it's chew from. dense and dry. <laughs> they don't even slice it or anything. It's just like, here's this big old thick brick. Eat it. Yeah, and Tess, like, is eating it in the corner, just like a ball, a mound of this. Yeah. But whatever. It's really appetizing. Uh, but... Yeah, so Jeffrey Charles is in the graveyard, as one is to do. It's essentially the equivalent of him going home to write in his live journal or his, his blog or his diary to himself. He's going to go talk to his mom at her grave or something, you know, mm-hmm. talk through his emotions. Ross runs into him there. He's like, what's going on? Why the long face, fella? Because <laughs> he's going through his first heartbreak. Indeed, and Ross is like, oh boy. Haven't we been Let through Let me tell you about before? my first time. <laughs> Your mother, that, I loved her. That girl, her name yeah. was that rock. <laughs> She's the dead one right there. And Jeffrey Charles is like, I know, man. You should have been my daddy, but you didn't. It ended up being your cousin. It's like you could have been. I mean, he kind of was. Yeah. Or right, Jeffrey and, Charles, and, I'd be like, you killed my daddy in that mine that day. <laughs> now I'm gonna kill you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Ross. Um, but Ross is just saying, yeah, yeah. The the first cut is the deepest, brother. You'll get over this. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's about all he has to say. But things don't go well. Things go much more differently than than Jeffrey Charles would assume. Yeah. The, that uh, Cecily shows up again. She's like, you know what? My dad will never approve you. Let's well, elope. Let's get married. Real fast. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, what, what do you think of this idea? Does this Is this a disaster waiting to happen? Uh, yes, because I think we've... We, we've dealt with... I think this is kind of an amalgamation of all the other sort of weird relationships of this show. Of mm-hmm. Drake and Morwenna, as well as Dwight and Caroline, where sort of forbidden and there's some consequences mm. to it. But I think Ralph is like... Thanos, if, if you know, if we had to yeah. deal with the big, big, big bad as the father figure, who's going to be dealing with this? So I think it's going to blow up in their faces for sure. Yeah, something's going to go sideways here. This is a little too straightforward. Um, but yeah, a lot of eloping that has gone on on the show, and I don't know. I'm still not into this Jeffrey Charles. It just makes me it makes it hard for me to care about this entire plot line, especially with how little time has been spent on. I mean, we, we've seen them try to build them up over the past few weeks with them hanging out and stuff. I just can't buy into it. It's just too late in the game for me to be investing in this Jeffrey Charles character, the actor that they have playing <laughs> the, him. Yeah, this iteration of Jeffrey Charles. They should have just kept that boy. Yeah, he just Make looks Make him like so a aloof. 13-year-old who's trying to elope. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. Be like Anakin and Padme. <laughs> like stranger thing. things have happened. Yeah. And so, we'll see if they get married. I've... I don't know. Does he even have the money for a ring? <laughs> um, I don't think she cares. I don't think Dwight had money for the ring. That's true. The plot, the plot twist I want to see is Ralph Hansen going to this wishing well <laughs> and then wishing for Jeffrey Charles' cake to be him to be his. <laughs> that would be a great turn for the show in the last season. It's like everyone catches wind about this wishing well. <laughs> we just <laughs> yeah, see a bunch of crazy that's... stuff happening in Cornwall. Like, the wishing well is real. <laughs> Make a wish. Things things happen. I want this man's butt to be mine. Elizabeth comes out of the grave. 
<laughs> Dwight just can't even explain it. It just just seems to work. It's it's real. <laughs> it's real medicine. Um. Well, uh, what, what do we want to get to next? We could talk about Morwenna and Drake. This is probably my favorite plotline of the whole week, actually. This? Okay. Sure. Yeah. It's so bizarre. I mean, maybe it's not that bizarre, but it's it's something. This is a straight I mean, out of Downton. This is straight up mm. Edith spying on the on mm-hmm. whatever her Children. daughter's name is. I forget. Marigold. Marigold. Child yeah, Marigold. There's that. something about Marigold. Uh, but yeah, Dave, you're correct that this was not the last we'd see of Whitworth, uh, the Whitworth family, because she's expressing to Drake that she misses her son. That. She'll never be whole without him. And she's walking around one day. And, and she, also, mind you, she and Drake are still having intimacy issues. She, she Ish- can't I get wouldn't close even to say him. they're having issues. There's, it's just a non-start. Yeah, it's, it's not happening. But she's walking through town, and she sees this really dopey-looking boy. And I should not be critical of children. But there's a look on his face that's just like, what's going on? <laughs> he, he has a, He's just like, I don't know where I'm at. Is that my mama? Am I supposed to be looking at her? I guess she's my mama. Hey, mama. <laughs> and they could have got a better actor is all I'm saying. That That's really what I mean. What, are they going to... How how do you get a better toddler actor? I don't know. Get one that looks less like Valentine and looks less like he just woke up. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Kids are great. <laughs> but uh, Morena's like, that's my child. I like that one. And she just starts bawling her eyes out. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of she she kind of just goes start creeping on the child. She she literally walks through a gate and peers around the bushes. She's like that Kim Kardashian meme where she's looking from behind a bush because Morena just has a grin on her face as she's looking at her child. But she's and not, she keeps doing she's it. Not just peeking through the bushes, she has crossed onto the property line of yeah. the Whitworth estate mm-hmm. and ba- barely makes it away the first time she's yeah. spying, and then the second time she's spying. When Drake is spying on her, we have the the levels of the spying. John Conan sees. Right, and, and mind you, last time we were engaged engaged with the Whitworth, Sarah's trying to send her to the penitentiary. Doesn't she mm-hmm. realize creeping on a, a, another person's land like theirs, looking at that child, is enough to send her away to a penitentiary? <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. That's right. I know she misses her child, but like, stop peeping. Yeah, and you know what else this reminds me of? What's the the the, ma- the woman downstairs at Downton that gets pregnant by the army officer? Mm. Uh, the redheaded lady. Yeah, whatever her name is, we don't need to Eve- Evelyn or some no, not some that's Napier. Yeah, whatever. She's in it for two. It'll seasons. come to us yep. for no, not Gwen. Uh, whoever she is, but it's that sort of like you're not allowed to be there anymore, and you can't accept Ethel. the decision you. No, uh, is it Ethel? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Ethel. That situation but. at hand. And it's, you know, this again, it's tropey. It has to be tropey. So. Right, and then we even get when she's running away, uh, her little boy runs her John, and she he's like, hey, do you know my, uh, do you know my grandma? And she's like, yeah, we're cool. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Did say, like, are you friends with my grandma? And she yeah. says, no. He says, but maybe yeah. I could be friends with you. And he goes, I'm a boy. I'm a little boy. I'm a toddler. <laughs> I'm a child. I'm a toddler. You're a grown adult. I don't know much, but I know enough to not talk to strangers. Bye, lady. See ya. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's just 
kind of funny to me. The, the, it, the, it's the way they play it. The way they pl- they have do they have to shoot it, shoot it so it's her creeping from around a bush with a grin on her face, looking. I know it's her child, but if you were to show this episode to someone who has not watched an episode of Poldark to this point, and they came in this episode blind, you'd be thinking, why is this woman? peeping after these children. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. uh, Because they don't give you the full context. (laughs) She just seems so giddy to be doing it, too. Mm. Yeah. So. And and she's also teaching the school. This class she's she's in charge of is getting bigger and bigger. Mm Mm-hmm. To the point that... That seems... That seems to be what she's concerned with, is just that the child isn't getting the education that she knows Uh she could give it. Yeah, and she she's little miss popular to the point that Rosina's bringing the little boy that almost died in the mine. Mm-hmm. And we see Rosina and Sam, and this is uh maybe not the path I would have assumed this season would take with Sam. Yeah, because he was making eyes with uh with Tess. Was it Tess? Yeah, maybe maybe there's something to be to be said there still. Who knows? Yeah. Also. Sam has really changed up his his dress for this episode. All of a sudden, he's the Quaker Oats man. Yeah, he he got the the new preacher fashion magazine and has decided to take it to heart. Yeah, it's like when did you come into money, man? Uh, so that's going on. Drake is still by by his lonesome, and, and but there there is an interaction though between Demelza and and uh, Drake where she's like. Oh, so Racina w- with Sam and Drake's like, it's fine. <laughs> we didn't do anything except, you know, maybe get to second or third base. It's okay. My brother can have her. Yeah, and Demel's was like, well, at least you're doing that now in your marriage, right? And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no. I think I messed up on this one. <laughs> <laughs> that's on me. That That's my bad. I made a mistake there. That's my bad, Demelza. I should have went for Racina. At least I'm a good uncle to Jeremy and Clones. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, who outright has a line where he says, I missed you, Daddy, this week. <laughs> he said, you did it's, what now, boy? <laughs> they just drop it in the middle of the episode. Because like Ross looks like the, at this kid like, who are you? And then the kid tells him, I missed you, Daddy. Oh, yep. you're my son. Yep. Okay. <laughs> And they don't follow up on that at all. That just happens. That's just Ross and his children at this point. Well, in life. I, w- I would like part of me thinks it's trying to put a wedge, another wedge between Demelza and Ross because of the Valentine of it all, and we can get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But they don't. It's 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 too like loose of a seed, you know. It's it's not like mm. there's a, a trail that we can follow here. It's just one little nod, like yeah, Jeremy is here. Yep, <laughs> remember his name. Um, so beyond that, there's also Kitty, Ned Despard's wife. She's feeling very ill this episode. Called this. This is such a silly one, and kind of a scary one when you think about it. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. That is an old man. That those seeds are are not all the way clean. <laughs> They're not strong, and so she's had several miscarriages, and now she's afraid of disappointing him again. And she's like 75 years old. Like, why do you care about disappointing this guy? That's her love of her life. Let her try and make him happy. 
And then um, she's going to have a kid, and the kid's going to be like mm-hmm. 10 years old, and the dad's going to die because he's a he's a recluse who puts his life on the line all the time. He's like old man Indiana Jones. He's going to yeah. jump off a cliff. <laughs> he gets the news that she's pregnant again. <laughs> he just leaps off the cliff. Like, nope, <laughs> I can't do this. I need adventure. But I make um, it that time. <laughs> uh, so is she pregnant here? I think so, and I think it's gonna be right. smooth. And it's something where she's trying to she's trying to reckon with it. She it's almost like she's kind of admitting defeat before she's even really given it a chance to. Yeah, to have, she doesn't have a want child. to get Ned riled up in case yeah. it is a miscarriage because she's lost many in the past. Yep. So get get well, Kitty. Um, we're we're hoping it's healthy, and we're hoping Ned lives forever yep <laughs> absolutely uh now dwight has taken on a new client and we'll get to that in a moment but caroline is asking why can't you tell me who's your client why do you always gotta be disappearing all the time come on man. it's my job <laughs> i haven't i took an oath i can't tell you what i do and then at one point she's like hey are you don't you ever want to break the oath to make your wife happy and he's like no. And yeah. what is she? She, <laughs> no, she kind no. of accuses him of, of not not infidelity, but she's kind of like, "Hey, at what point do you think like it's beneficial for you to lie to your wife?" And he's like, "I think there are points when it's okay for me to do that." And he just shuts his mouth, Takes and it. she's yep too busy talking to to the, her the, the the pug, whatever the pug's name is, Horace. Yep. <laughs> She carries that dog around a lot this episode. <laughs> yeah, no wonder that dog, you know, I can understand why that dog is alive because it doesn't have to walk anywhere. I'm sure it's eating the best food. Yeah. Is she just like lifting weights, Caroline? Or what's she doing there with that dog all this episode? She, the dog is, I want to see an episode from the point of view of the dogs. Let's get Garrick. <laughs> just fights all the time that they're with. It's like the, the, or the DreamWorks movie, Pets, Secret Life of mm-hmm. Pets, but just. Bullark. What Horace and and Garrick do when no one's looking? Yeah, I, it, it, it's going to take Dwight taking on a female patient for Caroline to really get jealous and ask what's going on. I think, uh, or see him with some female patient before she, she gets uh, really jealous. I mean, I think you know Caroline is going to do the thing where she. It's kind of like Lord Grant. I mean, I'm making a lot of Downton comparison uh, comparisons this week, but in the last season of Downton Abbey, where where Lord Grantham is just very upset at, at Cora for all of her hospital stuff. And then mm-hmm. he goes to the hospital meeting and sees how important she is to the all of the work involved. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And that's yeah. the end of the plot. Like, I feel like Carol, they're not giving Caroline much. And they haven't been for a little while. Yeah. So I can yeah. totally see this just sort of petering out and like, uh, oh, I love my husband. He's a good noble man situation. And so what if he's hooking up with the clients? You know, he's got to stick to the oath. I mean, in fairness, how is he introduced to this show? He's hooking up with a married woman who winds up dead. For some reason, I just keep thinking of that quote from uh, former President Bush, uh, that there's too many OBGYNs that aren't able to make love to their patients. <laughs> and maybe that's okay, Dwight. Dwight. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so anyways, who is that? Do we want to talk about the patient or do we want to talk about Ross? 
Let's talk about the patient until Ross gets into the picture. Okay. And that patient is is George, who's making, who makes incredible progress in one week, an insane amount of progress, <laughs> no pun intended. I mean, at the beginning of this episode, I was wondering, like, how do they break it to Jack Farthington that for half of the season you're just going to be like muttering incoherent <laughs> sentences and stumbling around to and, a and child, to another child actor? You're just going to be looking at a boy and making yeah. weird and, and pontificating and saying crazy things. Yeah. Uh, and not to mention the last season. It's not like, hey, man, mm-hmm. you're going to have the crazy arc and then you're going to have a season where you're a good guy and you're both working together to get rid of Despard. And it's like, no, this is it. Last yep. season, you're going to be cuckoo bananas talking to a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and so George is asking himself, why is she not here? Where is she? Where is my Elizabeth? <laughs> and uh, that's when Uncle Kerry makes the call. He's like, get me. Give me Annis. Give me Annis. I'm done with this last hack job Ten that rows. put leech, leeches on him and locked him up. And, and so Dwight says, if you're going to let me take him in and, and take care of him, you need to give me full authority. I, You need to, you know, let me take him, take mend him. Mm-hmm. Which I can certainly see Caroline getting a little bit jealous when he's telling people, I need the patient to be mine. All of mine. <laughs> You can't say anything against me. That's it. <laughs> yep. But he basically just prescribed the opposite of what happened before. He says, lots of sunlight outside, no mm-hmm. locked doors, lots of fresh fruit, and time. Being Dude, it's like the Patch Adams of the 1800s, man. <laughs> just make people laugh and they'll be better. Well, he doesn't just make them laugh because he has a lot of, they get got to go through a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. But we also see that Dwight has the scene where he acknowledges that he broke the oath, you know, that he's he has lied in the name of duty before when he says, like, there's nothing for you to worry about, about mm-hmm. the 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 parents of your kids. Like, you really just got to cool down, like, be cool, bro. Yeah. And then he and George references on Agatha, where he says that old crazy old lady got in my head. And yeah. Like, yeah, brother. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. It happens, man. <laughs> I do like earlier in the episode when uh, George is asking for Elizabeth and then Carrie just kind of discreetly just like has <laughs> Valentine removed from the room. <laughs> like he doesn't need to see this anymore. You kind of feel for Carrie. He's definitely a little evil still, but. Yeah. This, is, this isn't even his together. son. This is his nephew. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so Dwight, you know, takes him to the gravestone uh, just before or just after uh, Ross is there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look at it. She's dead, bro. She ain't coming back. He's like, this is me being gentle to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does kind of walk I mean, least- through the situation of, of her final moments and has George kind of come out of the fog. Right. He, he brings her back to her bed where she passed away and just kind of remind him, like, this happened. You were here for this. And it, it breaks George, but it does kind of bring him back to his senses. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's really heartbreaking seeing George blame himself, though, because he's like, you know, she wanted to have another child, or I, I made her have another child, <laughs> you know. And then he and tries to like, blame Ursula. Yeah. And he says that the baby killed her, and Dwight's like, "You got to cool down, man. You got a life to live. You got a, you got two kids to raise." 
Yeah, there's no one to blame here, George. Okay, come come on, man. Come on. Well, technically, <laughs> Ross and Elizabeth are to, the, to blame if you had to point any fingers. Yep. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, even Ross acknowledges that later in the episode that he feels to blame mm-hmm. for her, her whole pregnancy issues. Um, well, issues, thing that was the death of her. Uh, but George still isn't kind of receiving visitors. We see he's like comatose uh, with papers in front of him when Ralph Hansen comes for Which a visit. Which is so strange. I thought it was like, we could have Bernie's or something like that. <laughs> yeah. just, and they're like, oh, he's overcome with work. Mm-hmm. But it's not like Pip is I like, mean, just be quiet and sit. Pip just sits him there, or yeah. Uncle Karen just sits him there. I mean, it's not that far removed from how I look sometimes at work. <laughs> just sitting there. People are around you like, glum. hey, man, is everything going okay? Can we get this deal done? And you just. No, my wife died. Lost over. Don't leave me alone. And also but in the same room. Brings that up. She's like, how long has it been? Yeah. Carrie says, oh, a year. And, then, and just like, well, that's, you know, I'm sure he's still really going through it. Cecily's got a big heart. And then Hanson's like, well, he better get through it because you're about to marry him. Yeah. And then. Uh, uh, Carrie at one point is like this. This house needs a woman's touch. Mm-hmm. He's they're really leaning in on this. Yeah, but but George is coming back to his senses. At one point though, he's like he, he you can kind of see what's really driving some of his madness as he sees Valentine. He's like, get that Ross Poldark out of here. He's want he wants my son. <laughs> Which in fact, I think it's more like Valentine wants his uncle, but yeah, or step uncle, whatever he would call him. Or his his daddy is what he should call him. <laughs> it is what he should call. Him. He says, "I'm he's Poppy. Ross is Poppy." And but yeah, Dwight is truly a miracle worker. He, he's uh, he's he's gotten George out on the other side so far. It seems like. Yeah, and then I think Ross the Ross will tie back into this at the end of the episode and the real miracle of the episode. Mm-hmm. So we see that Ross is back in town and he decided to have office hours. For yeah, because he's an MP, he's gonna hang out at the pub, air your grievances, come talk. We'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. And people are still hot at Wheel Plenty for closing mm-hmm. after the cave. And I guess at this point, weeks or months or however long it's been, and hopefully weeks, because months of George being crazy like that and locked in a room sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, and then those people would be in a real. Pat's spot, but mm-hmm. they they do seem really angry. Yeah, and and meanwhile, Ross is also trying to keep uh, Ned's nose clean. The only thing that's really grieving Ned is that Jeffrey Charles keeps coming around. Jeffrey Charles, who just got back from from war, as he says, like, "Hey, that was a busy two months of me, you know, serving in the military or whatever." Uh, but uh, Ned Ned Despard's like, "I don't like that girl being around. She's connected to the guy who killed Bannatine. Get her out of here." And I agree. I, can't, I see yeah. exactly where he's coming from. Bad news. But, uh... That doesn't yeah. stop from being there. So Ross, And then Ross, internalizing the situation, as he always does with the locals. And we see that Demels is giving out, like, poor pay to... Mm-hmm people and they're giving out blankets and Ned is still kind of the folk hero for what happened in the you know the explosion a couple weeks ago or implosion whatever it was in the mine the cave-in and yeah Ross kind of gets this idea in his head what if I buy wheel plenty 
That's an idea. And he goes up to Uncle Carrie and he's like, dude, can I talk to George? And it's like, George is, uh, he's frolicking, man. You gotta let him be. <laughs> yeah. He goes, let me buy, well, how much you want for Wheel Plenty? I got a couple bucks. And Carrie's like, huh, you wouldn't dream of it. And Ross says, make me an offer. I, I do like that when Ross pulls up, Dwight's there. And he's like, what are you doing here, Dwight? And Dwight's like, don't ask me questions, man. I, I got things to do. Clients, bro. <laughs> It's kind of like when you're at the mall, not the mall, or, or, yeah, just somewhere where it's like, you see your friend, it's like they're exiting like some like, you know, store you don't want to be seen walking out of or something like that. Hey, man, what are you doing here? Hey, man, don't ask me any questions. We're all here for the same thing. <laughs> what are you doing in that Spencer's gifts? <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me any questions, man. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, Ross consults with Pasco. We haven't seen that guy in a while. Yeah, Pasco is like laughing out loud at this uh, this idea. He's like, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. You don't, you don't got the funds for this. What do you think? And Ross, I ain't thinking. And Ross is going like, I just feel bad about Elizabeth. It's like, dude, stop, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ross is like, just, just help me out and co-sign this. And Pasco reminds him, you're a partner of the bank that I represent. That doesn't work. <laughs> you can't just, and, and you can't just like, ask this of me anymore. I can't yeah. cook these books for you, my man. I, when you when you said we needed to talk, I didn't know what business we had to discuss because we don't have any business to discuss. We work together already, man. Um, but Ross is thinking, maybe it's, that's enough, and I know some other people that could help out. Maybe. And so... You know, smash cut to a couple scenes later. He's he's with Pasco, and he's like, "I'm going to sign on the dotted line. I got the funds. Let's do it." Yeah, I mean, it's not really clear what he worked to, to get the funds, right? He just kind of goes ahead with I it. I think even he though, literally puts it all on the line, right? Because it's not a wise decision, and that's why Pasco's warning him, like, "Your wife is going to be really mad at you when she finds out about this." He's like, "I don't care. <laughs> I'm a bad man." But in the interim, there is the test of it all. The test and Hanson. This is a, a a plot twist I didn't expect for Tess to start taking money from other rich people. Mm-hmm. Because she's at the Ross goes up to Tess and has a talking to. He says, "My wife is very forgiving. Me, not so much." Yeah. You keep your nose Demelza clean. forgives. I don't. <laughs> And she says, okay, okay, boss. And he says, okay, I'm, I'm watching you. Are we also forgetting, like, an episode or two ago, Tess said, like, I could probably swing Ross my way if I wanted to. <laughs> like, that that happened for a minute. This character is the worst. It's it's like that woman in the Gilded Age who's trying to get with the, our main main boss, the, you know, main character. This is Ethel, or not, uh, this is Edna Brathwaite. This is... All the bad Downton Abbey characters mushed into one. Yeah, yeah, strong Ethel vibes here. Mm-hmm. Um, does it get along with uh, Trudy? She's eating the cake in front of them all, and they're all laughing as she eats the cake. <laughs> but uh, she's at the bar complaining about Ross, and uh, Ralph overhears, and he's like, "You know something about him? Here's a port. Come drink with Let's me. Drink." Yeah. Let's do it. And the thing that gets me is like, does she know anything about Raph Hansen? That this guy is 
huge on, on slave trading. <laughs> that, that like you know they they remind you in this episode again when Ross is like, oh, so you're coming back here for uh, for workers or something. <laughs> And, and mm-hmm. then they, they, and he tries to catch her, uh, capture uh, Ross in his own game. Like, well, what do you call your workers? And he's like, free. They get paid well. They get benefits. They get leave. Yeah. <laughs> they get education. But Hanson mm-hmm. says, says to Tassie, says, hey, why, all I need you to do is start a protest against George. Get Ned Hanson mm-hmm. or Ned Despard involved. Make it a yep. thing. He can't contain himself when there's a good cause. Just get the ball rolling, and then I'll give mm-hmm. you some cash. That'll be that. And, and is, does he lay it out so discreetly there? I think like, he, I yeah, think he, he basically says, I don't think he, I don't know if he says the thing about, I'll get you the cash, but he basically just says, right. get Ned thinking about this, and it'll happen. Yeah. And that she does. Yeah. And they, she, they storm. Yeah, she she gets together all the upset wheel plenty people and convinces Ned to lead this because she tells him it'll be a plant. Uh, um, how the what, what was the word I was going to say? You uh, got it. Peaceful, peaceful protest. Well, that's what protest. Ned, Ned that's is saying. Is. You know, I have to keep my nose clean, but the peaceful protest is still peaceful. Which is wild because people immediately show up with clubs and uh, you know axes and stuff. Yeah, and Demelza sees is, them walking through the center of town, and she says, "Tess, what's going on?" Yeah. I say, oh, peaceful like protest plenty. Yeah. But people have weapons. No one mentions along the whole way, drop the weapons or what do you do? Well, I mean, Del Melza says that to the one person. He's like, it's just a peaceful weapon. But Ned keeps saying peaceful, but he doesn't tell him to put your weapons down. Yeah. And as they're walking there, they're having a chant going of I, 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 I. That's the old, I looked, it's an old French protest song that has sort of been appropriated every time someone needs a protest song. The I say, I uh, uh, say, I uh, uh, say, I uh. mm-hmm. uh, say, I, 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 what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> something along those lines. Um, but Demelza knows what's up. She's like, Caroline, go home. Get out of here. Yeah, you ain't got nothing to do here. Get, get Dwight. <laughs> be ready. There's, there's going to be something to do. And this is another thing where you know the show's kind of running a little long in the tooth. Where this is the third time a mob has marched up towards George's house. I mean, the first the first time they show up with the wood and fire, Ross stopped it. The second time they were stopped in the street on the way there mm-hmm. uh, by Ross, then you know professing that he joined the government, and now they're back at his door <laughs> again. And this guy's still elected official. Yes, he's still well. George, yeah, George and Ross are both MPs, and George is a a sir. He's a lord, <laughs> right? But he's not taking any house calls. No, not at all. And they at first they just like look in the windows and they're looking for him and they're just chanting, and then it's like aye, Ned, aye, break aye, down, aye, aye, aye. Ned, break down the door, and it's like that moment where you tell your drunk friend like someone says do this thing and you say oh no. <laughs> He's gonna do the thing, <laughs> and then Ned's like, "All right, all right, brother, let's go." <laughs> he kicks that door down like no one's business, and, and then he, you know, Susie he, kicks he the door down, obliterate that door. It's like, man, that, oh my, this guy can go. It's off the hinges, and and then you know, he goes straight after. Well, was it? they walk in, and they're like, "Where's George? We need to talk to George." And Carrie's like, "Come on, guys, get out of here, okay? Come on." And then George is right above them. Yep. And suddenly his wits are about. He's like, hey, what do you want? 
they're like, Wheel Plenty, man. Pay us. And he's like, what about Wheel Plenty? It's sunk and caved. Huh? Oh, huh. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe I should think about that. Yeah. And then Ross comes busting in and he's like, oh, that, is this before, who, is it Ned that goes around or is it Ross that? Ned, Ned goes around. He's, he goes up and after, again, reminder, he just kicked the hinges off a door. Says, this is a peaceful protest. <laughs> sure, I'll find a way of showing it, man. Uh, because George puts a gun on his face. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Carrie got bla- almost got blasted before. This could be George's packing. If we know anything about this, people in this house is that they carry. Yeah. And Ned just is like, F this, grabs his arm and just throws George down the stairs. And then George's like, ah, my, you broke my arm. <laughs> Immediately knows it's broken. Yeah. And then Ross busts in and he's like, all right, all right, all right, we got to cool this down. Everyone wait, everybody wait. And then yep. Carrie, Ross, and George have a conversation behind closed doors, and George comes out, and he's like, all right, I'm going to reopen the mine. We're going to need more workers. Mm-hmm. My bad. Y'all are rehired. And the protesters yeah. are like, all right, cool. See you. <laughs> See you on Monday. Thanks, thanks, for, the, yeah, thanks, thanks for the pay. And then Ross is like, hey, you want to talk about stuff? And George's like, I want you out of my house, man. Like, I, How many times in my life do I need to tell you to not come here? And you keep showing up. It doesn't even seem clear to, to me that he's aware that Will Plenty has been sold to him. <laughs> but it's not, though, right? Because that's what, at the end of the episode, Demel's is like, Ross is like, and I should think that I almost had to buy this Will Plenty. And Demel's is like, you are out of your mind, Ross. Yeah, it's so confusing because he did sign his name on the uh, uh, the dotted line now, in the episode. I guess my question is, is this like George playing 4D chess where he knows that Ross did and he's going to make Ross take over? Or is is this just benevolent, babyface turn, crazy George, good guy? Or, or, or is this Ross lying to Demelza to get out ahead of, uh, of the news coming through? <laughs> I also thought this was going to be... Carrie and Ross feeding George lines and George seems mm. to suddenly be with it all yeah also like that when Ross goes to visit there to like kind of diffuse the whole uh, protest he gives a wink at Valentine as he walks out the door he's like hey boy <laughs> come on Ross why do you gotta make this so hard on George cause he made it hard on that whatever <laughs> but yeah, the episode ends with uh, Wickham getting some news that, well, no, wait, first, Tess is sneaking a drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Demels is like, hey, I see you I see you drinking again. You can get to walking. I gave, I gave you the benefit of the doubt. You crossed me. We're done. And Tess is like, you haven't seen the last of me. It's like, who cares? <laughs> Bye. Yeah, get out of here. She did more for you than she should have. You tried to burn her house down, Tess. Yeah. We also get a moment uh, with George alone talking to Carrie, and Carrie's like, yeah, so, you know, I'm hooking you up to get married. And George tells him, I don't think I want to get married again, bro. I think I'm done with that life. It's just not going to work for me. Nope. Yeah, that's exactly what he, he does. He lost Carrie. the love of his, of his wife. Did I say love of his wife? Now now we all got to ramp up this evil stuff to get what we want. 
But you wonder when George learns that Jeffrey Charles is the one to potentially be wedding, uh, be wedding Cecily. Does he step in and be like, "Wait, no, 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 no. My son is not wedding someone. I'm the man getting married." Well, he, then he'll call him a son again, even though he hasn't for the past <laughs> two years or whatever. Right. But yeah, so end of the episode, Wickham gets a note informing him that uh, a protest went down at Trenwith led by Despard and Ross. And, Ross. and that they can't be trusted. So and isn't long it read in Hanson's Hunters. voice? Like it's narrated in, in Ralph Hanson's voice. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like, yeah, uh, he's going to make it to, to Honduras, old Ned Despard. We'll see. Old Mexico. Sounds so hot, I'd like to go. Old Mexico. But clo- we close out with Ross and Demelza in bed. Mm-hmm. Just as they do. I mean, well, they do have a conversation at the end, too, where she chews them out for not being there for the family. He's like, too obsessed with, with Valentine. Well, doesn't he say, like, Valentine keeps finding me? Yeah, something along those lines. And she's just like, you, you take it for granted, man, how good of a family you got. <laughs> He really does when you think about it. Yeah. Like, he's got all he needs. Does he need to really do much more? Honestly. Yeah, does he need to risk uh, his life all the time and, and, and constantly cross it's, it's that Ned, comfort man. zones that Ned, of people? A, yeah. It's that madness. All right. Was this a good episode, Dave? Just, it kind of felt like a Poldar Greatest Hits episode. Yeah, it wasn't great, it but it wasn't bad. It was stuff we've seen before, you know, pregnancies and, mm-hmm. you know, the couples being negligent of their, their partners and a protest and conniving people. It just felt like something we've done before. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the same level. A lot of it felt overly familiar, but uh, let's see where it goes. <laughs> yeah. Power rankings. Mm-hmm. Who's going down, Dave? Well, number three going down, I got I got Wickham. He bookends the episode. What does Wickham got to do with anything? He bookends the episode. This is a season-wide position. Okay. Where he's he's not getting what he needs from Ross. Mm-hmm. And he, Ross keeps saying, Ned's keeping his nose clean. He's keep, Don't worry about it. And the episode yeah. ends with a note that basically says, not only the, that Ned is not keeping his nose clean, but Ross is not keeping his nose clean. So... This entire deal that he has with Ross, this guy he's he's supposed to be trusting member of parliament could just be a punk right. who's lying and causing riots. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I just don't know enough about Wickham and his standing to to really get a mm-hmm. gauge <laughs> for what I think of him. He's looming but, too um, heavy for me not to consider him. Okay. All right. I feel like he's more of a plot device, but that's fair. Well, number three, I got Kitty. She's got a lot of cramps going on. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Could be a food baby. Uh, that's pretty much it. She's just she's yeah. just backed up. Yeah, we'll see. I hope I wish the best for her, but she's 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 struggling. Yeah, it was heartbreaking to hear about her history with Ned too. Mm-hmm. Well, number two, number I got two? I got Tess. Okay. She takes this little purse from from Ralph Hansen, but she winds up losing her job. The protest winds up basically going the way that she does not want it to go for the sake of this uh, 
side gig she's taken with Hanson. And she gets basically told by Ross, keep it together because this is a good position you have. Don't lose it. And then Demelza mm-hmm. just says, you lost it. You did it. You know, you got screwed. You got fired. You kick rocks. Get out of here. Yeah. And whatever short-term thing she got, I don't think it's going to pay off. Big, big picture for her. That's fair. That is very fair. Um, I don't think my ranking is as fair. My, mine is number, number two, Sicily. Okay. Because, A, she's getting forced into this marriage she doesn't want to be in. So instead, she's choosing to elope with Jeffrey Charles. Now, have you seen Jeffrey Charles? <laughs> this guy's not a winner. <laughs> He's a dud. I, th- I think you're you're rushing a little too fast here, Cicely, and you're making a poor choice. You're you're sinking in the power rankings, girl. Don't don't do it. And your dad is definitely not going to be in on this. Yep. Definitely not. Well, number one going down. I got I got Uncle Carrie. Oh, really? Because I think he's been he's been doing his his hardest work to keep this ship afloat. He's mm-hmm. he's man enough to admit he was wrong with the previous doctor, the radical doctor, about George. But then as yeah. George comes to his senses, he seems to sort of undo these these things that Carrie has been putting into play in his time as mm-hmm. interim boss of the Warlegan name. Yeah. And he opens the mind back up. He seems as though he's very, you know, aware of this loss that has occurred with the, the human life and stuff like that in this little bit of yeah. moment. And he's basically saying, I want the Hansons out of here. I don't want to get married again. Everything you've been doing is for nothing. And I also still have the ability to pull a gun out on people and I'm, I might hit you next time. It may just happen. That, that's fair. And he, um, the deal for Wheel Plenty, imagine how big that would be for Carrie. This huge, big money true. deal. He needs the money. Loses it. He doesn't it. need the money. And they break out, uh, you know, they just not, they don't vandalize his house, but he needs to put a new door on. That's not free. That's true. The door does cost money. Um, well, number one, I really have the only person who's actually committing a crime this episode. It's the person who's uh, crossing on the property she doesn't belong. It's Morwenna. Yeah. Stop peeping at children. Sense. What are you doing, Morena? It's really sad. <laughs> okay. Hope they don't lock you up. And you're, de- you know, depressed. You're depressed all the time. <laughs> I mean, you're making uh, Sam look like he's uh, picked the right horse in the race here (laughs) and no one would ever think that of sam if if she wasn't winning teacher of the year in cornwall i might agree i might put her there but she seems to be having some good stuff going her way Mm -hmm. so who do you got going up then number three i got hansen the guy's got some uh plans in motion they seem to be working you know he's got ned and and ross uh caught out and uh he's about to force uh his girl his daughter to marry someone so there's that okay I got Dwight at number three. This is a miracle worker right here. Okay. Yeah, he did it. And I think that, like I said, if, if I thought there was any depth to Caroline's mistrust, then I might not consider mm-hmm. him where he is. But we know how it's going to end with, or I think I, in my yeah. heart, I know how it's going to end with these two. And he's given the free reign to make George better. And he kind of yep. succeeds. George doesn't really... Like I said, he just kind of spends the episode undoing everything that Carrie has done or is mm-hmm. trying to do. But Dwight, good friend, and he's there for Kitty. So I think he's a, that's true. He's a good dude. That's, that's all valid. Um, well, number two, I got George. He's back. He's back. 
you know, he he was down uh, for almost for the for a two count, and now he's 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 back to business. So you know, he takes a bit of an L with having to apologize to the people about the mine. He he wasn't there. He wasn't aware of what was going on. I'm sorry, I was, it, the communication wasn't good. This is all Carrie's fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another L for Carrie. Uh, but good to see George is uh, back to his senses, even if he broke his arm in the process. Yeah, that's not as bad. At least his brain is coming back. Yep. My number two, I got I got Han- your boy Hanson. Okay. This guy's moves are paying off. Mm-hmm. He does. He has yet to know that his daughter wants to run away with Jeffrey Charles, but yeah. he seems like the kind of cutthroat guy. Regardless of what happens there, he has sown the seeds of of distrust with Ross mm-hmm. and Ned, and he won. And he's he's cutthroat. He doesn't care whose whose career he costs, whose jobs are on the line. He doesn't care about Tess. Yep. He this big win for him. That, that that that's all that's all very true. The only people though who I have above that are the workers of Wheel Plenty. Amen. I got them up there too. The miners. Heck yeah, man! They protested. They got their jobs back. They got their their money coming in. And they were fairly big thanks peaceful. To us. Ned yeah, was the only was one peaceful. who did something. They were loud and they were angry, but they weren't. I thought they were going to ransack the house or or do something, mm-hmm. but no. Man, good for them. We we were out of sync all week on our rankings, except the one piece that matters: the workers, of, the workers' of rights. Yeah, let's go. Well, that's this week, Dave. Have you been watching uh, anything else? I know we both been traveling. I think we both watched the same thing. I've been watching some Perfect Match, not all the way caught up, but getting yep. there. But I also went to the big screen to see see Adonis Creed. Put them back on oh, yeah. again. Yeah, I I I was spent thirty six hours in Florida and I was back Sunday night and I was like I gotta see this, I can't wait. Like everyone I work with was talking about Creed and I was like I can't I cannot risk. It's solid. Spoiling. It's good. Oh yeah, I loved it. Jonathan Majors, man, that guy's a monster. He's a, he's a beast. The, the way he the way he fights is so just. I don't know, captivating the watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just bounds at him, like gallops at him. It's great. I feel like for movies like Creed, they should sell protein powder or something in the in the concessions at the movie theater. Because anyone who's eating popcorn, oh, yeah. watching those guys do what they do, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just want to like go out and just pick up like a jump rope afterwards and just, just do some jump rope. No, oh, yeah. Every montage in those movies just makes me want to run through a wall. I would love for Ross to have like a training montage kind of like how we got from George but with mm-hmm. Ross like beating stuff up to get ready yeah but doesn't George just get punked real quick oh that, I mean that's the problem with it it, do, it doesn't really work <laughs> Um, but yeah Creed I haven't been to th- movies in a while but that one lived up to what I was hoping for yeah I think it could have been like there's there's we deal with a lot of over length in movies these days it could have been long could have been 10 minutes longer and I would have been happy that's the funny thing it is like, yeah, every movie is over two hours, and that one's an hour 55. And I think part of it's because it's Michael B. Jordan's first movie, so he may have just been feeling it out that he directed. Um, and every Rocky movie is over two hours also. <laughs> uh, but still, good enough for me. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. But I think we can wrap it there this week on the Lords of Grantha podcast. You can always find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, lordsgrantham at gmail.com. If you want to reach mm-hmm. out to us, leave us a five-star rating review on any platform in which you listen to us. You can find our archive of episodes on our Podbeam website. Uh, 
but aside from that, thank you for listening. There's a Patreon. We have a Patreon. That's true. <laughs> Just remembered that. Feel free to subscribe to that. You can join our Lord's Grantham Lounge where we have discussions about all this stuff. And we'll catch you next time on the podcast. Yeah.